podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all that thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. Hello, welcome back to episode 113 of this Numbers podcast. I'm joined by two special guests from Stepladder Solutions. So can you introduce yourselves, please? Yeah, hi, I'm Lucy. I'm the co-founder and head of the membership team here at Stepladder. And I'm Matthew, I'm the uh, founder and the CEO. Okay, so this episode, as you, the listeners will probably guess by the title, we're talking to Stepladder Solutions. And what do Stepladder Solutions do? So we help people get on the property ladder faster and better. Okay, so how, how, how do you do it? It's quite a, I wouldn't say in, so I've got um, friends who are Ghanaian, um, Jamaican, and they have a similar, there's been like a, a similar type of um, method where you pour, um, like a group of people, let's say 10, a pool of money, everybody hopefully agrees. <laughs> and then each month somebody gets the, gets the winnings. So it's a pretty similar uh, method with step step ladder, sh- should we say? That's right. Uh, Matt actually studied these in Brazil, where they're called consorcio. And you uh. mentioned that you know people in Ghana mm. and Jamaica and the Caribbean mm. that use them, and mm. where they're called partner hands or adjos. And so we actually or talked Susu. to or Susu, yeah. Yeah, We talked to a lot of people around uh. um, from around the world who have come across these in some uh. way, and that's actually what step ladder is based on. So yeah. uh, Matt will talk a little bit about. His work there. Yeah. One of the things that I always find fascinating is that over a billion people worldwide use these to finance everything from as small as their washer dryer or yeah. some white goods and appliances in places where uh, credit card interest rates are 50 or 70% yes. <laughs> all, all the way through to homes. I mean, in Brazil, you're talking about uh, hundreds of thousands of people who can actually afford their home thanks to using a consorcio offered by their property developer. Mm-hmm. So our whole mindset was to take something that we know works, that we yeah. know works worldwide and bring it back here to the UK. In a way, it's also tapping back into the roots of building societies that existed here in the UK. Yes. But I find it really empowering to have something where you have direct connection of other people who are on the journey with you. And that fundamentally changes things versus a traditional banking relationship, like a really easy current account that gives you a little bit more interest or a good digital interface. All that's great. And frankly, it's something that we build into our platform as well. But the community of other people who are in it with you on that journey is transformational and frankly unique. Okay. Yeah, you said um, the community, and as I was, obviously you, do, you have to do your research before you come on a podcast, um, I saw that you give people advice and you offer support to people on this journey. So if you can tell us like, what type of support would you say that you offer? Yeah. So let's say, for example, I want to join one of the one of those you call them circles? Absolutely. So we're actually an appointed representative of more lending solutions who are authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority. So I have to tell you that we don't give advice, we Mm. give support. Support, sorry, Um, sorry. um, We're we're there along the journey. So we can introduce our members to uh, mortgage brokers and lenders, solicitors, surveyors, all the people you encounter on a home buying journey. And Mm. let's face it, when you're a first time buyer or even a second time buyer, this isn't something you do very much. So, you know, what sort of insurance do you need? What what stamp duty do you need? How do you make an offer? So we've just been supporting one of our members through um, this morning, making an offer on a property. And she was sort of asking about, well, what do I go in as? This is the asking price. Like, how do I negotiate this? So we're there to support sort of like auntie and uncle on your side right. to help you get the best deal for buying your house okay um house is something i talk about quite regularly in my podcast 
because I'm at that age um, where I'd like to own a house, preferably in the city that I was born in, but the prices aren't really on my side as with many of yeah. us. So I wanted to find out what was the, the motivations behind starting Stepladder. Gosh, um, for me, it actually started with thinking about this as a generational crisis. Yeah, it is. You know, it didn't take long to look at stats that are frankly numbing when you think about the fact that from 1982 until 2002, like nearly 20 year stretch, and that included some pretty big recessions in there yes. too. Home ownership rates among, among 25 to 34 year olds was like bulletproof between 60 and 65%. Yeah. Like bulletproof over 20 years. And in the last 10, 15 years, that's collapsed to 30, 35%. Yeah. Halved. That means there are about 250, 300,000 people who should be homeowners, first time buyers missing from the market every single year. Hmm. Now, to my mind, that's essentially this uh, opening up of a chasm between the people who have gotten on the ladder, people who haven't. Yes. And our solution really is a way, a bridge across that chasm. And it's a bridge that's created by the people who are all on the same journey together. And I think that's what's special about what we're doing because it's not about finding someone to buy the property with you who's a hedge fund investor who yeah. wants to make an extra little bit of money on top. who might turn you into a tenant if you don't keep up mm -hmm. your payments. Um, this is about you and other people who are trying to each reach a goal individually, mm -hmm. doing it in a way that basically doesn't create or destroy money, doesn't require third-party money to have happen. It literally is just the journey that you're on on your own, transforming that money that otherwise is sitting as a virtually interest-free loan to your bank by way of your savings account uh, into money that some one of you can use yeah. and doing it in the fairest way possible for deciding who gets it in turn, but at the same time, also helping you as a group get some benefits from being a group as opposed to being, uh, dare I say, picked off one by one by the estate agent, the mortgage broker, by the conveyancing solicitor, by the surveyor who tries to sell you really expensive service. Yeah. And knowing that there's information together as a group, there's strength in that group to negotiate discounts, and frankly, having an auntie, uncle, a host in your circle who you can ask questions of, something as simple as like, look, this estate agent tells me that uh, the seller won't take any price lower than this. And we say, come back to him in a week. Tell him, look, your offer stands. It's not expiring. But if they come back to you, they come back to you. Mm. And frankly, that can save someone like our friend Irene five, six grand. Oh, yeah. That makes a big difference. Yeah, it's like having a personal coach. Yeah. To help, to help <laughs> exactly. you through. She says, as a coach, I trained as a coach. Yeah. So, uh, when I met Matt and he told me about Stepladder and what he was doing and I, I joined up two years ago, I was like, wow, this is great because people need somebody on their side to cheerlead you, to motivate you through the actual journey of saving. Mm -hmm. And then when you get to the point of transacting, you need a coach to just support you and guide you and point you in the right direction. Yes. Um, so when did um, Stepladder Solutions... Um, was bought. When was that organization bonds? That's a great question. So we uh, incorporated the business in March of 2016. Yes. We spent the next year and a half mainly talking to uh, lawyers, regulatory advisors, and the FCA themselves to make yeah. sure that there's actually be a pathway to doing this business in an above board and scalable way. Yeah. Uh, we also started reaching out to people in focus groups. I mean, I think we did 20 focus groups in a 10 month period in yeah. 2016 to really make sure that we could communicate the idea clearly, that we could understand the value they could represent for people, make sure our messaging worked. And from about the beginning of 2017, we started essentially educating the market, doing lunch and learns. Actually, that's how we came to be here at Barclays Rise. We actually came to do a lunch and learn presentation. They asked us to stay, so oh, we really? moved yeah. offices. Okay. <laughs> and then um, when we had our regulatory okay to, to go ahead and start trading, that was, again, as an authorized representative of more lending solutions. Uh, it took us a couple months to get our first two groups going, a thousand pounds a month and 500 pounds a month. And that ran in 2018. That was kind of our 
beta or, or testing period. And those worked even better than expected. I mean, we got a member like Sinead into her own home, a number of members who are at different stages of putting offers in on places, et cetera. And then we said, look, we've clearly shown that people behave the way we thought they would. People are able to engage with each other the way we had hoped they could. And frankly, people are starting to reach their goals uh, in, in exactly the way that we had penciled out. And now we're at the stage of really getting our story out there and scaling up. And that's, to be honest with you, I often describe it as this is the really fun part of the race because at this point, we're growing, you know, 10, 15% per month. We just hit a great milestone. 20,000 people have signed up to learn more about Stepladder, oh, which is not no joke as a number. And we're about to finish selling out uh, of all the spots we have in the circles that we're filling before August. Okay, yeah, I was just about to ask you about um, the circles. So you've got three circles. So one's for 7,500, 3,000, and 10,000. So... So we've actually we've actually got five live no. circles filling it. And things change day by day uh. here at, at Stepladder headquarters. Um, so um, this brings me on to a point I wanted to make about a, a first steps product that we have. When we first launched, some people said, "Look, this sounds great, but I can't currently afford that, or I just want to have a go and see if this works for me." So we launched a circle at twenty five pounds a month okay. for twenty months to raise five hundred pounds. Now, obviously, wherever you live, five hundred pounds is probably not going to be a property deposit. Yeah. But it's great to get into a single habit. habit. And research shows that get into that habit start putting money aside once you're comfortable with that you can save Scale a little up. bit more yeah. so we have a first steps product and we offer that at £25 a month or £100 a month to raise either £500 or £1,000 so that's how you can sort of get into a savings habit uh, and then we have a £250 a month circle to raise £3,000 a £500 a month circle to raise £7,500 and a £1,000 a month circle to raise £10,000 that's yeah. currently what we're offering but all the time as you can see you know, like when you read about us we had three circles mm. and now we've got five so we're always launching based on demand and what, what people okay. want. So for uh, my listeners, so explain the process. So it's me, I, so I've just seen Stepladder Solutions. I thought, okay, this looks a pretty decent idea. Yeah. So in maybe the, I know it might be not the most complicated way, but just like a quick read through from maybe like sure. from A to Z of the process. Absolutely. So people know like um, what. What, what it looks like yeah that's great so most people choose to apply through our website which is mm. joinstepladder.com mm. uh, you go on there's a simple apply form just need a little bit of information about you including sort of address date of birth and a little bit about your income and expenditure or you can call one of our friendly teams so we've got lots of ways you can get in touch and you can give us that information over the phone some people like to have a chat and mm. ask some questions mm. uh, we have a look at the numbers and we run an affordability check to make sure the circle is going to be affordable we don't want to put anybody into a circle that they can't afford or Oh, no. difficult for them and within 24 hours but normally faster unless you apply over the weekend mm-hmm. uh, we will send you back an offer to join a circle and we'll offer you normally three spots in a circle depending on which is affordable so say you pass for a 500 pound circle you'll get invited to a 500 pound circle a 250 pound circle or a hundred pound circle. So mm. then you've got a choice which one you want to join. Uh, you fill in some details online through our onboarding platform and you secure your spot in the circle. Yeah. Okay, so if you were like an estimate, would you say on average how long in terms of, in terms of days, or weeks or months from, let's say, beginning, somebody sends their email or picks, picks on the phone and speaks to somebody yeah. until when they first start to join a circle? Would you Absolutely. Say? So that would just... Provided their spaces, of yeah, course. Yeah, of course, of course. And as, as Matt said, we are selling out spaces fast in our current circles. Mm. Uh, it depends when the circle's starting. So say you wanted to join a £25 circle, we've normally got one of those starting a month. So, mm. you know, if you came in on kind of the 10th of 
10th of the month, you'd probably be making your first payment on the first of the following month okay. if you wanted to. Or you could say, oh, do you know what? I've got some expenses coming up. I don't want to join for two months. And that's fine. We're totally flexible. We can mm. work out a start date that works for you. But you can get going really fast. You could go online tonight, fill in a join form. We could send you an invite to a circle and you could start your savings journey and possibly have your property deposit, you know, within a couple of months. Mm. Okay. So I was reading some of the success stories and I was like, okay, wow. So you've had um, some people have received... £12,000 towards a deposit, yeah. which getting £12,000 a lump sum is is pretty amazing. What are some of the great success stories that you've had so far from some of your people? Well, our favourite story at the moment is Sinead. We've got a lovely picture of her up in the office. Oh. Uh, Sinead's a single mum working in the NHS with her young son. She was living at home with her parents at the end of 2017 when oh. I first spoke to her. Oh. She saw an advert for us on Instagram. Uh, she called up and said, look, how does this work? I, you know, I can't... I, I can't imagine how I'm going to be able to buy a house. You know, she wanted to buy within the M25. Um, we chatted and she managed to get into her first home by October last year. So she joined wow. us £500 a month for 10 months circle to raise £5,000. She'd already saved up a little bit um, on her own. So with a total deposit of £7,000, she was able to buy a portion of a shared ownership mm. property. And that's something that not everybody knows about. You would think, yeah. oh, £7,000 is not going to be enough for a deposit on a property with inside the M25. But it was and she's got a fabulous house that she's really really happy in and and got her deposit you know, months ahead of schedule but what she really valued was that she had us on the end of the phone when it came to that getting the survey done getting the mortgage what insurance did she need to take out we were there to just kind of point her in the right direction and saved her over 500 pounds in her transaction services costs transaction services some of, some of my friends have bought houses that always complain about how terrible some of the transaction costs are so it's quite good that you provide a service that can give people support in terms of know-how and navigating that field. Yeah. Okay, so as we've mentioned, your your startup company, what would you say? So I've got quite a few questions regarding a startup. <laughs> <laughs> so, what would you say the culture is at Stepladder? So for your employees, what would you say the culture is like? <laughs> you should you should ask you should ask <laughs> the team. <laughs> um, certainly. Um, all of the team are, you know, it's a real pleasure to come into work. There's a real sense of we're all on this journey together. Every day is different. And I think that's really exciting. So mm. some of the team have had kind of internships or worked at kind of big corporates. And quite often we sort of laugh about, oh my gosh, you know, this is, it's so different. You know, you can actually turn up, broadly speaking, what time you like, as long as you get your work done. Yeah. It's a very flexible approach. If you want to work from home, you can just, you know, we just WhatsApp the group and say, oh, I'm going to work from home today. I'm kind of feeling like I need to concentrate at home. So we have a lot of trust in the team but that's because everybody is 120% bought into this journey everybody's so passionate about what we're doing this isn't something meaningless we are getting yeah. into homes so we have pictures of our members up all over the office to remind us of what you're doing. getting their new homes and that's every it's you know it's such a joy to feel like you're helping people that much you can give the team a lot of latitude in terms of kind of daily working mm. life yeah and I guess the only other thing I would throw out there is that it would totally natural that a business that's all about collaborative finance as a whole paradigm shift in how people engage with their personal finances would have a collaborative approach at its very core within the team. Yeah. Like not hierarchical, but collaborative. Yeah. And that kind of infuses, I think, everything we do. How we communicate with our members is how we communicate internally as well, which is we're here, we're here to be on your side. 
doesn't necessarily mean that we can suddenly magic you into a house. Yeah, of course not, yeah. The the point, though, is that you've got someone on your side in a world that often leaves you feeling especially very alone. And in fact, wants you to feel alone so you can be taken advantage of. And we turn that on its head, and that's how we work inside the team and, frankly, how we want our members to feel. Okay, I understand. Yeah, def- I definitely agree with your point about the world wants you isolated. Um, I could go on about that all day. <laughs> Especially when it comes to housing. Um, another question I wanted to ask. So, what would you say the best and worst things are about being in a startup? <laughs> you go first, Matt. No this problem. is your second startup. It's my first. It, it's, so. true. <laughs> it's true. It's um, true. Yeah, my first startup was 20 years ago, though. It's still going. It's actually doing rather well. But it's one of those things um, where... I think you have to have the mindset for it. Yeah, It's like, if you are a really good track runner for the 400 meters, that's mm. fantastic. But that doesn't mean that automatically you're going to be able to run a marathon. Yeah. So you have to have the right mindset, the right discipline. Think about what the other factors are. It's not just about your legs and it's not just about the course. It's your training, your physical preparation for it, not being exhausted when it comes time to actually run the race itself. And I think that in startup life, I think the best advice you can have is to think about it in clear stages. Like, what do I need to know to move from this point forward, as opposed to falling into it? And then yeah. saying, like, gee, I hope this kind of works out. And something. Like, I've, I've talked to a lot of people who I've mentored about starting their own businesses, um, about avoiding having their goal be, I want to be, I want to found a startup. Yeah. Like, you can start that goal and finish that goal over the course of a week. Yeah. The, point <laughs> is, the point is, if you have a business and a vision and what you want to accomplish, and you feel like the only way that's going to be made real is because you're the person who's putting your head into doing it, then you've got a great, great business and a great experience ahead of you. Yeah. And you can attract, I mean, fantastic people to be on the journey with you. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you've got to be passionate about what you're doing and you've got to be flexible. And that's for me what I absolutely love about it and why I never fitted into corporate life is because, okay. you know, my friends will sometimes say, oh, I can't, I can't believe you're working at the weekend. I was like, but I had my nails done at 11 o'clock on Wednesday morning when you were in the office. Oh, yeah. So, you yeah. know, or I was having a blow dry on Friday afternoon and I was working from the blow dry salon and yes. actually doing some business with the person next to me. So... <laughs> For me, it's the absolute flexibility. Now, for some people, they would absolutely hate that. They want the structure. They want to know where they stand. For other people listening, they'll be like, wow, that sounds great. Yeah, that's me. Now it's done at 11 on a Wednesday morning. Brilliant. (laughs) So, you didn't know if you answered what the worst thing is. I know there's something that you're like, oh, I'm not really too fond of it. It it is the other side of that coin. Mm. Setting off and your journey being all about, I want to be a founder. I want to raise money. Yeah. Like, what good is raising money and putting yourself out there if you're actually not turning that into a vision, into a business that needs to exist? And so that's the thing. People get caught up on the external, which is frankly kind of easily satisfied, but isn't really any more substantial than the corporate job that pays really well that you Mm. can't leave because you're frankly hooked on the money and the lifestyle it provides you when you do have time away from the office. So I think the key point is the worst thing about startup life for a lot of people is setting out with the wrong goals in mind. And so that every decision you make kind of pivots you back to this kind of end game that feels unsatisfying if you even get there at all. Okay. That's that's actually a very good answer. Okay. Thanks. Okay. So another thing about startups, you need money. So you need to raise money somehow. Mm-hmm. So um, if you can help artists, just take them behind the curtain. And how is it? To, how hard is, can it be to raise money? And maybe some of the good, good, good things have happened, or some of the not so good things that have happened. <laughs> um, I've probably been around this particular track a couple times. Um, 
I also had the luxury of a career that was basically 15 years on the other side of the table. I worked for uh, as a portfolio manager okay. um, at an investment company. So I've, I've, it, it's fascinating to be on the other side of the table now asking for sums that in my previous career would have been easy decisions to make kind of in the, in the course of a business day. Mm. Um, and the overwhelming thing that I think matters is that the money isn't the whole story. Obviously, it's necessary. There's no question about it. But it's also the partners you bring on. When mm. you're selling equity, it's bringing someone into the business with you for life. Yeah. And I think a lot of people can really sucked into this idea that like I raised a big number and they burn through it and then they're raising again and they're constantly on like almost this fix of like I like doing deals, I like being public about it. Mm. The money is you you know, one of my mentors always said it's like you should sell not one share more than you need to accomplish your goals of the business itself. Yeah. Now, if you need to overfund because there's the unexpected, of course, that's good precaution. But yeah. the whole point is not to get locked into the external, not to look at the output like it's the destination. Um, and so, in at least for myself, the fundraising behind the scenes, I would say, is know who your partners are going to be. They'll make fundraising a lot better for you. And if that means that you have to go on friends and family for two years before you can bring in an institutional or an angel investor, do that. Mm. If you think that you can raise, say, 50 or 100, and that'll give you the chance to really prove out your business and get underway uh, because there's, say, negative working capital in manufacturing or something like that, or you can sign that big contract that creates running revenue or a license, then do that first. Think about what kind of funding matches your objective for the business rather than get fixated on this is how people are supposed to raise and there's like a a, a paint by numbers. Yeah. It's the same advice you'd give someone about picking university courses. Oh, yeah. Okay. What about yeah. you? I think it's very easy. I see a lot of startup founders spending lots of money on things that aren't going to get them traction or aren't going to get them to the next level. So every pound you spend has to be on something that's going to be a KPI or some traction that you can show for your next investment round rather than, oh, we've had this whole brand refresh or we've got this really swanky website. Like mm-hmm. you need you need to spend money really wisely. And it can be so exciting when you set up a business to think, oh, we need this and we need that and we want really flash desks or really flash office space. Save money wherever you can and only spend it on things that are going to give you a return. So be super commercial about it. Yeah, the team has 14 people, but we only bought six T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> but we do wash them. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> okay, um, so who would you say when you, who would you say when you're branding Step Ladder Solutions, obviously you have a consumer in mind. So what is that picture? What is the, What is your target audience? So I think some of your listeners will probably uh, identify with this. It's people in the kind of age bracket of kind of graduating or coming into the working world, probably up to the age of about 40, who are looking to buy their first home, don't have access to the bank of mum and dad, or yeah. maybe bank of mum and dad have said, look, we can give you a bit of money, but it's not going to be enough for a deposit, yeah. um, who feel alone in the process of buying a house. And they're the people we're helping day in day out here at stepladder so pretty much like 75 percent of society it's a it's a pretty big target market which is very exciting no yeah no no it's the the thing is that it's not like oh your your target is too broad it's the fact that society has made it like now that your target target audience is even bigger than ever 
you totally nailed it. So many people are affected by this problem that may not be the way that someone wants to collaborate. Maybe the idea of like introducing their finances and having in some way be affected by someone else's or this mm -hmm. idea of sharing mm -hmm. might be something that, that that's cool. We don't think it necessarily has to be for everyone. Mm -hmm. We're not trying to pass this as government policy. <laughs> yeah. We're saying that for a lot of people, it's transformational. Mm -hmm. And the best part is at this point in the journey, we can actually see that tangibly in conversation after conversation with members who are actually reaching their goals. Yeah. Okay. So important, important, important questions. So my listeners are probably listen to this think this is a pretty good idea, but they're going to want to be safe. So, sure. so um, obviously I've done the research, so it's better that if they can hear it from the horse's mouth itself, where do, um, where do the money, where does the money go? So, I've give, I've put my let's say I'm feeling very aggressive. Okay, I'm gonna save a thousand pounds a month. Where do Step Up Solutions store this money? Is it in a big pool of Step Up Solutions money that you might dip in if you need a new desk or something? <laughs> Is it separated? Absolutely, absolutely not. We can't dip into it at all. Mm. It's in a client money account. So in the way that you transfer money to a solicitor and it's held in a separate client money yep, account, account yep. it's held in that way. And we use a company called Mango Pay, who mm. are an e-wallet provider, and they bank with Barclays. So it's secure away from all of our operating funds. We can't touch it. You can log into the platform and see the money that's in your account. So each month you pay money. So mm. you said, um, oh, I'm signing you up now for the £1,000 <laughs> So you've, you've been in the circle three months, you've paid in £3,000, you can say you can see £3,000 of credit in there. What happens when you get drawn, because this is peer-to-peer -peer lending, your yes. listeners will have worked out, um, that money is then lent out to people each month. So it's, you know, person number one gets awarded the deposit, then person number two. And then in the third month, say it's your turn, you get £10,000. So that would show in your account as you've paid in £3,000, but you owe £7,000 to the other people yes. in the circle. So yeah. it's like the net balance there. Okay. Okay, another question. How do I? How am I sure that somebody in my circle they get the ten thousand pounds and they just go join? Yeah, I'm just gonna go and buy a Rolex. So I'm not getting. Yeah, house. absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So we've put a number of things in place in the way that we've structured these circles. So this is where stepladder circles. Uh, differ to the kind of informal circles that some of your listeners might know yeah. where there's kind of no regulation around them so this is the great thing about having somebody like Stepladder administer the circles mm. is that the documents that you sign when you join Stepladder say that the money you get has to be used for a property deposit mm. and we will only release that money to your solicitor for the purpose of buying a property mm. whilst you're in the circle okay. so that stops you going and buying yeah, a Rolex yeah or going to Vegas or something okay. like that <laughs> that's normally my example on the phone to people like, yeah. stops you going to Vegas yeah, very, okay, and another um, so another thing to maybe ease the listeners' um, minds. So let's say somebody in a circle, I don't know what happens, they lose their job or something great, I don't know, they get arrested, yeah. something bad happens, yeah. and they just can't pay. So how does that impact the rest of the people in the circle? Yeah, great question. So the, uh, the short answer is it doesn't impact the rest of the people in the circle. Mm. What happens is, say, say you call me and say, look, I've lost my job, I don't want to be part of this circle. If you haven't been drawn uh, and awarded the £10,000 for the example that we're using, uh, you can drop out or we can work out a payment plan for you to catch up. If you say, look, I'm a bit behind this mm -hmm. month, my car's broken down, whatever it is, but I'd like to stay a member of the circle. You're not eligible for the draw while you're behind on your payment. So you can't be drawn and awarded the £10,000, but course. we can work out a catch up plan with you. Or you can say, do you know what, Lucy? I 
I can't do this at the moment. That's no problem. You can drop out. Any money you've paid in today will be returned to you at the end of the circle, but you don't have to pay in any more money. <laughs> if you've been awarded your deposit but not used it, and then it's really a similar situation, you can work out a catch-up plan and we won't release it until you've caught up. Or you can drop out any money you've paid in so far will be returned to you, but you obviously don't get the £10,000 lump sum. If you've already bought a property, uh, we have a payment waiver. So like an insurance wrapper, that if you become sick or unemployed and can't make the payments for that reason, and then Stepladder will make the payments on your behalf. Okay, that's pretty good. Um, okay, what other questions have I got? Okay, so what would you say um, your thoughts are? Okay, so you've already given us some insight of your thoughts on the housing market. What would you, what was your views on the housing market currently as a as a as a company? Or you could answer as an individual if you like. That that's a great question. Um the answer has to be invariably it depends over what time frame are we talking about. Mm-hmm. So if you are a person who is just at the point, say a year, two years away from being able to buy our own home, a lot of this nonsense around Brexit is actually creating an opportunity because some sellers are willing to take discounts. Yes. And there's nothing better than empowering our members to be able to have money ready to go to buy a place. Yeah. I guarantee you lenders still want to be able to lend to first-time buyers who look like they're qualified. Yeah. So I come back to the same point. I think that this housing market in this super near term is a great opportunity for the first-time buyer. It's like essentially the January sales. Um, I think on the long term, I think housing, there's no asset class that is as well uh, reinforced and buttressed by society through tax policy, through financing regulation, uh, to encourage you to actually build equity, build uh, net worth Mm. like housing is. Um, And so I come back to the same thing over and over again. The person who is reaching that first rung of the ladder is giving themselves options in the future. I think that structurally the housing market is massively underserved because there are all these prospective first-time buyers who are now in rental who do want to switch over. And so I think that creates a massive opportunity in the long term um, simply because that market's been so woefully underserved. And so to the extent that I feel like we can help people who are qualified, who are trying to get there with the help of their own efforts and others who are on the same journey with them, we can essentially empower them across the journey to reach this other side of the chasm that is one where they can build wealth, where they can essentially uh, reduce the anxiety of essentially being in a rental dynamic. I mean, one of the stats that knocked me out was when I was looking at over the last 10 years, the fact that while wages have been virtually stagnant and house prices have gone up about four or 5%, rents have gone up more like seven to 9%. Rents are crazy. And so we're in a world where the longer you stay in rental, the further behind your goals you end up. Yeah. If we can help people out of that, that trap, then we're doing a massive, massive positive social impact. Yes, that's actually true. I would, I would, I would like to agree with that. Um, before we wrap up, what question, what other question I had I wanted to ask you? Um, if there's anything you can change up, um, like with the information you know now, so you started around 2016, is there anything you would alter in your in your early procedures? That's a great question. <laughs> um, I, I wouldn't have started until I started working with Lucy and Mayor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, honestly, no. But I, I, I genuinely think that the journey of getting here involved a lot of really understanding the problem better and better, but then also making sure that people understood that we understood where they were coming from. So um, you know, one of the things that we've really improved a lot is how we communicate with people across mm-hmm. a lot of different channels, uh, embedding a lot of video and coming back and making sure that people along the way always get refreshers on how the mechanism works. 
so they don't feel like they signed up to something and then they're uncomfortable with what they signed up for, making sure that the process is nice and staged and so that people have time to really reflect on what it is that they're being invited to join. Um, and so I would say that that process when we first started was a little bit more like, oh, well, after 25 minutes of talking, like you're going to understand it so as clearly as I do and be able to understand why it's a really good deal <laughs> yeah, for you. Yeah. Um, but trust, trust you can't manufacture. Yeah, you have to build it. Exactly. And so the trust process is one that you can't accelerate. And it was certainly from my perspective, a fantastic learning of how we can really focus on that because our purpose and our intent is very clear and positive. But at the same time, it takes two to tango. And we want to make sure that we can communicate that effectively. And I think that's where, if you really see the leaps and bounds that we're making, it's in communicating that back. And so people can get to know us as well as possible. You know, having people available on our membership team kind of 12, 14 hours a day, coverage through the weekends, making sure that there's a lot of education about the, the offering the whole way through the journey, making sure that we're available to answer those questions. I feel like over and over again, it's crucial for us to make sure that people who want to join Stepladder feel like they're doing with their eyes open with yes. their questions answered. I think we would have done, if we wound back the clock, it would have been great to launch first steps. It's such a simple idea, like do a smaller amount of money, but <laughs> we didn't do that till last year. And actually we should probably have started with that. It seems so obvious now, but actually just getting people into the habit of saving earlier. So we have more case studies earlier on is probably w what I would say for in terms of winding back the clock. Yeah, but we're very happy to be where we are. Yeah, definitely. Saving is something that is more of a lifestyle, I would I like to say, for yeah. somebody who's quite an inconsistent saver. <laughs> totally. I've got a solution for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, I'm not sure if I have any more questions. Do you have any questions for me? This has been a pleasure. I mean, one of the things that you started to mention uh, right at the top of the conversation is that you've run across these before in a lot of different um, in a lot of different communities. And one of the things we want to leave as a very, very open invitation to to your listeners are if you find yourself or you know an auntie or uncle who's participating in one of these, but they're doing it kind of with people with gym bags full of cash mm. and, you know, they've had horror stories about the person operating has run off. Yeah. Ha have them come to us. We can honestly run those circles just on our backbone mm. uh, it, it, in a way that's painless for, for the people who are already doing this and they get to know us better. So maybe when they are ready to use the funds instead of for everyday uses, they want to use it for saving towards a deposit. They've gotten to know us already. Um, and so this is a frankly an open invitation to anyone who's listening. If you're already in a partner, if you're already uh, active in a Suzu at work or with friends from home, uh, around your church, come get in touch with us because we can help your existing group run on our app. Which is, oh, there's a question I missed out. So, how do how do step up step ladder make money? So, great question. So um, we, we we've heard. Okay, I put in five hundred. I get this amount. People do the math. Wait, there's no interest there. What's going on? So how do they make their money? So there's a fee. There's a monthly fee, which covers our cost of delivery of service. Of course. So we don't aim to make any money from that fee, but just so we're, we're clear about that, that's what covers the, the payment waiver and the cost of the circle host and holding that money in that secure client money account that I mentioned. Our business model is actually based on, we make money from transaction service providers. So there's mortgage 
brokers and lenders, solicitors, surveyors. surveyors. And so we're in the journey with first-time buyers. We don't want to make money from first-time buyers. We're there to help first-time buyers. Mm. So we take a commission for introducing our members if they want to be introduced. So, you know, if you've got friends or family who are already in the mortgage lending business and you want to use them, it's totally fine. You're not Mm. tied to us. But we always say, just get a quote from us because we're buying in bulk from these people. We can probably get you a really good deal. And that's where we make our money. Okay, cool. Um, I think that's it. I think that's it for me. Um, It's been a lot of fun. Thank you for having us. Thank you for coming on. Um, So where can most of the people that listen to my podcast, attend to your social media because you get things straight out your phone. So um, do you have um, social media accounts for Stepladder Solutions? We do. We are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and our website and we are Join Stepladder. Join Stepladder. Okay, so I'll put those links inside the... the description of this podcast so people can find you um thank you very much listeners if you have any questions you can go to our website you have an faq page which i went to or you can just contact them on their various social media pages or if anything seems a bit confusing you rather me explain just ask me instead but um yes thank you very much for your time and i hope listeners enjoy this and make sure you check out step ladder solutions Thank Thank you so much come join step ladder and we'd be happy to help you get your first home faster and better hopefully Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network.